Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would tear down every wall. God, that you would tear down everything that's not of you, oh, God. I pray that the Holy Ghost and the will of God will be done like never before in this hour. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would take over, that you would consume with fire, God, with the anointing, and bring forth revelation, that you bring forth an enlightenment, God, in the hearts and the minds of the people. Holy Ghost power move like never before. Hide me behind the cross. Give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven. I thank you, God, for sending the angels. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I truly thank God. I'm going to be in 1 Samuel. And I'm going to make references. Please pull out your pens and your paper. And you may want to write these scriptures down. Psalms 18 and 2. Psalms 27. I'm going to be in 1 Samuel 2 and 3. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be, I am the gatekeeper. But I don't want to deal with it. A lot of times, things that in our lives that we don't want to deal with, but guess what? You are the gatekeeper over your personal life, even over your spiritual life as well as your natural life. But you will get into a place, and people get into a place where they want to want to deal with themselves. They continue to throw it out to the side, and, and they will look over it and stuff. That's just like having a pile in your house, and you constantly uh, just stepping over it instead of cleaning it up. Instead of getting the clothes and putting it in, in the washing machine and, and wait till it dries and then you fold it up and put it where it needs to be. What is happening now? Because the church, and I'm not talking about the outside, I'm not talking about the world, because the church has failed to get the house in order. Now things are happening and guess what? We're not prepared. Because we have failed to obey God. And every week I'm telling you the same thing because it's in RWM. You don't want to submit your will to God. You've got everything else in your mind and your heart to do. And one thing about God, he's a gentleman. He's not going to go over your will. And that's the thing that people don't understand, especially when you are in a place in your mind that you think that you're right and that you're higher than God. But one thing about God, he's for sure and he's on time. And there's a judgment for every man. There's a chastisement for every man. If you see your life going a certain place and you've been doing this for year after year after year, stop looking at everybody else and look at yourself and want to know why you're in this state. You have brought yourself in this state. Not the pastor, not your mama, not your daddy, not the people on your job. It is nobody else to look for but yourself because you have failed to do what God has called you to do. I am the gatekeeper. But I don't want to deal with it. And I looked up the word gatekeeper. It says an attendant at a gate who is employed to control who goes through. A gatekeeper is a person who controls access to something or someone. And that's one thing about a gate. Not only do you have access, but you control who goes in and out of your life. Who you're allowed to enter. And then there's certain levels in the gate that you may not let that person 
intended to be. I am a gatekeeper, but I don't want to deal with it. And because you don't understand what is going on, because you don't really see what's really happening, because your eyes and your eye gates are focused on you and what the world is doing, instead of you having eyes and ears to hear what the Spirit of Christ is saying, you just continue to move on. Because sometimes there's a level in your mind, in the subconscious of your mind, that you're going to think that you're right. Because one thing about Nimrod, it is still working in the land. He exalted himself above God. And he rioted for a season because they were building the Tower Bell. But then God came down and cut it all down. And confused their language. I want to talk to you. I'm just going to briefly mention this. About the seven layers of lying. The thing about it is, huh, you have been lying to yourself. You're not lying to nobody else. Huh? The biggest lie is not what you tell somebody else, huh? but it's the biggest lie that you have told yourself, and you're walking it out in life, huh? and you're going to think that you're right, but not realizing that you're in the strong delusion because of your rebellion. Deuteronomy 28 talks about confusion of the mind, but I don't want to deal with it. Number one, you lie. Number two, you self-protect. Number three, you develop a habit of lying. You self-deceive. Number five, you realization. Six, you develop your technique. Number seven, you see it as your duty to lie. And we want to know why God is not sanctioning the things that's happening in our lives. One thing about God that I love so well, not only did he die on the cross for you, he doesn't control you. He says, I shed my blood for your sins, and then I turn around and give it back to you to do it as you will. The banks don't even do that. They give you guidelines and rules and demand that you, if you don't do it, guess what? They're going to take it back and forfeit the loan. But God is not like that. He said, I'm a man that I should not lie, nor the son of man that I should repent. If I said it, I'm going to make it good. We're going to be talking about gateways. You've got to look at your life differently now because times and everything is changed in our lives. One of the things that I'm going to deal with today says Jesus is the gatekeeper but we have to allow him to be the protector or the defender in our lives Psalms 18 and 2 says the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer my God is my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold but a lot of times we don't want God to be the strongholds in our lives because we'll let other people come in our lives to have access to all of us become our stronghold. One of the things about it you need to understand about your life, huh? you got to understand it's God given and it's God that taketh, huh? but you got to understand some things in your life, why these things are happening. And if you don't understand what is happening in your life, you're gonna always be in church, but yet still be devastated and confused huh? and don't understand what is happening in your life. Huh? It says, these things, we do. And these things that we walk through in our lives when we don't want to deal with it. And I'm going to tell you something. God gave me five things. We do. 
We don't want to deal with ourselves. We don't want to deal with our families. We don't want to deal with our friends. We don't want to deal with jobs. We don't want to deal with the small and big things in our lives. But what happens to people whom, it says, whom do not, who we do not want to allow these things to happen in our lives? What happens to people like this when you don't want to do with this, these type of things in our lives? The problems, they just don't go away, they get bigger. And a lot of times, you are hearing the word of God, but the word of God is really not grabbing a hold of you because you walk out the door and you shake it off and say it for somebody else. But I'm going to tell you something today. This message is from the pulpit to the back door. You better stop self-lying to yourself. You better get into a place that you're still trying to protect the lie and you're living out something that's not even worth really living out. And the thing about it is it's hurting you the most. It's not hurting somebody else or who you're trying to protect the lie from or protect the lie from people knowing what's really going on. But but you don't want to lay down every night suffering and in pain. You want to know why these things are happening. I'm going to tell you something. I did a research. They say cancer and sickness comes I'm not because we have not taken care ourselves. And a lot of times, not only are we mentally sick, we're becoming physically sick because what you dealt with at Trinity and Amiri's age, guess what? They're in their tens and, and 13 years old. But when it comes down in life, when you get past that 40 and 50 and that 30 mark, these things, you start feeling the the effect of what you have lived out in your life in an early state. That's why when a child or whatever gets abused or hurt, that's the first thing they need to do at an early age. The earlier they catch it is, guess what? The better that child have a chance of recovery. But you are in the house of God, but yet you say that you believe in God as your healer, but yet you're not seeking God for the true healing or the true revelation of why these things happen. In order sometimes for you to move on, you've got to understand where you are. You need to understand that you are the caregiver, you're the prime minister of your soul, and you will understand that Jesus Christ loved you so much that he shed his life that you may have life more abundantly. But the average Christian is suffering and in pain, but the world is having a good time. And we walk around mad at God because God has not done what we wanted. God is not obligated to give you and do whatever you want. He gives you some things and some things he does not give you. But a lot of times because we spoil, because we want things a certain way. And then you done raised up the next generation to be like this. And you want to know why is the state of the world. You want to know why your child has a problem problem solving. Because you not have not let the problem solver come in your life and solve the problem for you. So you can train them. How can you train somebody something that you have not really even experienced in your life. You need to understand something. I am the gatekeeper, but some things in your life you just have to really deal with. You have to let God take full control of your life because some things you're not going to be able to do. You want to get to the door, but yet you want to get through the door. And you need to understand what is God is saying in this hour. You need to go back and self-evaluate yourself according to the will, according to the scripture, according to what God is saying that is wrong with you. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. I lean on him. He backs me up and secures me even when he's taking me through this place and time and season of my life of bringing forth revelation concerning me. And I see these things and I understand it. I'm going to be in 1 Samuel. I'm going to touch around a few things. 
And then I'm going to get back talking about the gatekeeper. So I'm going to be jumping around. Did the Lord punish Eli, the priest, for the sins of his sons? When you don't train up a child, and I'm not just talking about what you had parents in here, but I'm talking about your parents. Sometimes you got to go up a step or another generation to find out why this generation is the way it is. But we walk around in a self-denial. This is what you, they have taught you to do, self-denial. What is really wrong with you? But you go buy and sell and do anything that you want because that's what's going to make you happy. But the word of God never told you material things were going to make you happy. It is the word of God. You won't have to find peace within yourself and whatever God has. Because Paul said, whatever state I find myself in, I'm going to be content. First Samuel, second chapter. Sinfulness of Eli's son. Now the sons of Eli were very corrupt. They did not know the Lord. How is it that Eli's sons are corrupt, but their daddy is the priest? Bringing them to church don't mean nothing. But if the Holy Ghost power don't get a hold of them, it don't mean nothing. And we got it confused. Because bringing them is part of it. But discipline and giving them structure about life and what God says and how to work through it. That's what the Bible is really about. How do I walk through these problems in my life? How do I solve them? How do I wait on the Lord? A lot of times we don't want to wait on the Lord and we're going to get, get a quick fix. So that's the reason why. Because in order for you not to deal with them, you buy them everything that they want. Or you say or do this and that so they can get out of your face. But some things about God, he's not going to let you get out of your face. Because life now is finna get real with the body of Christ. Life is finna get real. And if you do not get yourself in order, this personal vessel, you're not going to be able to deal with what's coming around you and in your house. And then on top of that, the storms that is raging in you because of the season in your life that you turned your back on God when God was trying to deal with you because God knows what's going on down the road. You need to understand something here and now. And hear me clearly. You got to get into a place that you become the gatekeeper that God wants you to be in your life. He rolled away the stone the angel did. Let God roll away some of these boulders in your life that God can clean up what people cannot see but what is tormenting you at night. And people that are miserable, one thing that I know, they find fault in everybody else. But they secretly condemn themselves in the mirror. So Eli's son was doing all of these different things. It says, the sins of the young men were very great in the sight of the Lord, for the men treated the offering of the Lord with contempt. So I'm not going through all of this. So the people were bringing different things, but they were not respecting the offering that the people was bringing. This is why it's very important that whatever offering you bringing that is coming from a clean place, 
even your offering of forgiveness, even your offering of having mercy, even your offering of love, your offering of sacrifice of praise. You need to see what is happening to your offering. Let's go down to verse 16. 1 Samuel 2 and 16. It says, and, the, it says, and if the man said to them, they should really burn the fat first, then you may take as much as your heart desires. But he would then answer them, no. But you must give it to me now. And if not, I will take it by force. Therefore, the sins of the young men was very great before the Lord. For the, for the men abhorred. And I looked up at her. Regarded with this, it says disgrace and hatred. For the men have heard the offering of the Lord. They did not reverence it. But their daddy is the priest. And yet the daddy has them in offices that they really have not been cleaned and purified to operate in. Verse 18. No, before we go to verse 18, go to 22. I'm going to be skipping around. Verse 22. Now Eli was very old, and he heard everything that his sons did to all of Israel and how they laid with the women who assembled at the door of the temple for meeting. One thing you need to understand something when you're committing sin and your mind has been taken over by lies and deception, stop thinking that you're only doing one sin. People that go out, and even you, you're not committing one sin. There's many things attached to that sin. And then that sin opened up doors for other sin. And Eli is hearing all of these things. And you're going to find that Eli was talking to the children, but the children was not hearing them. See, because if it's dealt with early, it's better received. Verse 23. So he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. He should have set them down. And God is finna judge it. But guess what? It was years before it got to this point. So you're reading the Bible like a novel, but God will have sinned wide for years. And you think that you got in the way, but God remembers. Let's go down to verse 24. Know my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. It says you take the Lord's people transgress, trespass. Excuse me, transgress. It says, if one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, he says, who will enter?
intercede for him. Nevertheless, they did not hear the voice of their father because the Lord desired to kill them. God shed it up so they could not hear. It comes a time in your life when you don't deal with something, God will just shed it up. And your prayers and nothing else is not even heard because God gave you a space and opportunity to deal with it then because you failed to deal with yourself. Now God is in a place now that he doesn't want to hear anything. See, it comes to a place now that you don't understand. Some things that you're going to be praying, it's going to come at season in your life. God just don't want to hear it no more. Because you come in him with excuses. You come in him over and over again with your repentance and this and that. And tell me, you talked and this and that. But God said you didn't live the life. God said, when I told you to deal with it, you bought him a Big Mac. When I told you to do this and that, you went out and bought him a car. When I told you to deal with this, you went and pampered yourself here and there. But God said you should have dealt with it. I gave you the strength and the power and the anointing. I gave you the words to deal with it. But you dealt with it when you wanted to deal with it. But God said, now years have passed. Have you noticed something about sin? When you, and it will seem like, it seemed like it's yesterday that it started, but it's been going on for years in your life, and you don't realize that time is moving. That's something about the enemy. He would take time. That's why people think they just started yesterday. Then they realize that years have come, but we don't realize that years have come until judgment is at the door. And we don't understand this. Go to 1 Samuel 3. And 12. And then I'm coming back to 1 Samuel 2. It says, In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house. It says from beginning to end. And now God is fin to bring forth his word that was delayed. God delays things in our life. Not for us to continue to still have fun, but he delays it in our lives. He gives us a time and space to make things right and to correct ourselves. Go back to 1 Samuel 2, 27 through 31. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, Thus says the Lord God, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt, in Pharaoh's house? Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer up upon my altar? to burn incense and to wear an Ephraim before me? And did I not give to the house of your fathers all the offering of the children of Israel made by fire? You need to understand something. God is walking him through his life. Why do you kick at my sacrifice? And my offering which I have commanded in my habitat. 
temptation. Let me tell you something. If I'm dirty, so when I lay my hands on your offerings, I bless a sanctuary after you do, it makes it filthy. And you know I'm not regarding your hard labor. And if it wasn't for the grace and mercy of God, that he does not hold you accountable. He does not hold you accountable for what the priests do. But see, Jesus Christ hadn't died on the cross yet. If Jesus Christ hadn't died on the cross, we're going to find out what's going to happen to Eli. And that's why you'll find sometimes in your offering, God will look over the person that's blessing it because his blessing is higher. We're talking about after Jesus Christ shed his blood. And what they were doing, not only were they having sex in the temple, they were desecrating the house of God. God is not going to stay in a place that's not sanctuary, even here. He will remove the people and shut down the doors. You need to see and understand what is happening in the land. Why God is meant to close down a whole lot of things because it is not sanctioned by God, but because the people are, are caught up into what they think church is and they caught up into what the pastor is doing and saying and the swoo, suave words and all of that stuff. But that is not God. Anything that's, that's laced with, with their own opinion or their own thought frame and is not driven by the word of God, it is man speaking to man. And people were understanding now that that's why there's a big shifting and a big metamorphosis is happening because God is waking the people up so they can leave outside of that because the man is not moving them anymore. That the spirit of God is nudging the people. That's why there's a great awakening happening inside the body of Christ and people are searching for the truth. But then you have the enemy that's in that. So Eli, sons are doing all of this. Instead of removing them from that office, he keeps them there. And sometimes sin gets so out of control in your house, you can't even deal with it. Because God will allow it, just like I told you, Jeremiah 2.14, it will deal with you. Your own wickedness will correct you. And your backsliding ways will, will deal with you. You need to understand all of these things that is happening now. And you don't understand that what they were truly doing was coming against the Lord thy God. And it caused these other people to, to sin and causes other people to do this. Because some people were saying, wait a minute, they, he, Eli's son, guess what? They the priest, they still are doing the things in the temple. But yes, guess what? And that mentality is still here. And this is why God is coming in dealing with things. That's why you need to understand that you are responsible 
to be your own gatekeeper. And like I told you, Jeremiah 2 and 19, it says your own wickedness will correct you and your backsliding ways will reprove you. And we don't understand why these things are happening in our lives, why these things are coming upon us, because we have failed to do what God has called us to do. Let's go back. 1 Samuel 2. Let's go back to 29. Which I have commanded in my habitation and honor your sons more than me. Listen what he's telling Eli. See, the man of God is talking to him. And God is letting her know, it was me that brought y'all to the land of Egypt out of the house of bondage. And now that I bless you, bless the fruit of your womb, bless your house, now you allowed your house to dictate to you. And therefore, you're not hearing me. That's something about God. When he's dealing with judgment, he's bringing forth. One thing about God, he'll tell you where he brought you from and what he did for you first. yourself back with the best of all the offering of the us as of Israel, my people. You done made a profit off of my children. And this is what is happening today. We allowed the world or other people that we've rubbed elbows with to become a higher voice in our lives than God. I am the gatekeeper. But I don't want to deal with it. You always have to find out where it went wrong at in order to fix it. When you go and get your car fixed, they put it on the diagnostics. They go and find the problem. And they'll tell you, you should have got that way back then. Now it's too much. We got to replace it. It ain't just a bolt and a screw. It's the whole system. God will let you ride, but you'll soon shipwreck. You'll soon break down somewhere. And then you'll call on God, and then God will reveal everything to you at a fallen state, what he was trying to tell you when you were doing it in your life. That's why the reality of a fall is very devastating, but yet it's needed. Because God, it takes God to bring a man and a woman down to a place that he can deal with them. Because if he does not, we'll drive that car all the way until it drives no more. You know that it's broke. You know it's not running smooth, but you will continue to drive. And that's what we do in our lives. And God is saying, hold up, wait a minute here. Before it gets to that part in your life, let me deal with you. Does not matter how much God you have inside of you. What matters do you have a submissive will? Eli was the priest, but he didn't have a submissive will to hear the voice of God. Somewhere down the road, it got broken. And his hearing became numb to the things of God. You can read it. 
But if it's not a grabbing a hold of your intellect and the subconscious of your mind, that's why you can read the word and still sing. Until God get a hold of it. Until God get a hold of you. And now when we get into that broken state, we just let everything through the gate. Let's go back. Verse 30. Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I say indeed that your house and the house of your fathers would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me, shall be, it says, lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arms of your father's house so that there will not be any old men in your house. And he deals with Eli's two sons. I want to talk to you about gates. Gatekeepers were very important. And their positions was considered sacred. It says a stronghold is says a stronghold is a fortified dwelling. It says encamping around our belief system. So you're going to always struggle. Because that's part of the walk. So that's why you have to know those that you are interacting with. And you need to discern the people that you allow it in your life. Our distorted thinking pattern. And it's right here and broken core beliefs are the strongholds that hinder our agreement with God's word. And I looked at the word fruitful. Excuse me, faulty. Working badly are unreliable because of imperfections. The synonym of, it says, is that right here? It says, having or what? Displaying weakness. We're talking about our core. The broken part of us, we're making decisions out of that. But yet we're in a war, a stronghold that's always attacking our belief. Faulty. Core. It says, identifying and tearing down our stronghold is essential to walking in the fullness of God's victory and power. Bezebub cannot cast out Bezebub. Satan ain't going to come up against himself. Neither will God. He said, I spew you out before I accept you. Hot and cold can't come through the same fountain. God said, either be one way or another. And what is going to be hard for the people in this hour 
is to really yield all of themselves or let the Holy Ghost take them over or to be totally sold out. This is what you're going to have to struggle with now. Even more. Say you sold out here, but you got a stronghold that you got to deal with out there. And we don't seem to understand this. While we're constantly malfunctioning, while we're constantly uh, defective in some way, while we're broken or damaged, because we have not allowed God to come in and truly heal us. He will if you believe. You're going to have to get your belief system in a place that God will protect you and keep you no matter what you're going through in your life. Let's go to Psalms 27. One through 14. I may skip around. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked comes against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and my foes, they stumble and they fall. Though an army shall encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. It says, though war shall rise against me, says, in this I will be confident, secure, protected. It's in your faith. You may be the only one quoting it in the house, but at least somebody's is, is being a gatekeeper. You need to see this and understand this. That's why so many people walking in God is not correct. Gates were seated of authority. I'm coming back to Psalms 27. It says, at the gates of wisdom was uttered. Proverbs 1.22. Judgments and offers served at the gates. Administration, judgment. Deuteronomy 16 and 18. And the council of states were held at the gates. 2 Corinthians 18 and 9. Let's go back to Psalms 27. Verse 4, 20, Psalms 27 and 4. One thing I have desired of the Lord that I may see, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That means he is in me and I am in him. This David talking. Why are you up and down wishy-washy and you don't know where you are by Monday? Why you can't hold on to this word? Because if God has broken strongholds in your life and generational curses, it is. What happens? We go back and open it back up again. And the Bible says it's going to bring seven more worse than it was that was there before. So not only are you dealing with the seven that was there, he done brought some more in. 
And that's why time each deliverance or each commitment in God gets stronger because we did this so many times, this vicious cycle in our lives and our thought patterns. It says to inquire in his temple. It says, for in that time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. Is this happening? We talked about gates. You got to examine where you are now because some people cannot go with you on this level. And I'm telling you this and I prophesy you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. When you leave out of this door, you heard this word. You're going to have to let some people go. If you don't, you're going to be back in the same place. Sometimes you get into the place that some people have gotten so infiltrated in your mind. They done covered your thoughts. They done covered the word of God. And that's why you can't even think. Sometimes it's not so much the enemy is in me, but it's the enemy that's around me. You got to get into God and his tabernacle. That's why you need to have time to yourself. So you will know what is going on. Verse 6, and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in the tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. One of the things the enemy does is shut down your voice. That's why people, they praising God in their mind. I don't need nobody to lead me in the worship. I came in, I ain't opened my mouth, and I wasn't doing a thing. Because I know praise in my mind don't mean anything. But I praise him with my voice and my lips. I worship him, I dance, I shout. Because when you really start opening up, you're going to find out praises, the joy. You start getting free. Demons leave you. Because you're, you're helping usher yourself into the spiritual realm of God. You're coming into his tabernacle with praise and thanksgiving. You're honoring God. Even in my sacrifice, even in my hurtful state, I can utter a praise and a worship and a thank you and a hallelujah. Let's go on down. When you, verse 8, when you say, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek with my heart. Is your heart in it? Don't tell me. Sometimes you're going through the motions, but your heart is not attached to these things. You have to be engaged in the spirit. I'm telling you how to walk through it. I'm telling you how to maintain your gate. A gatekeeper may be the one that has to stay up all night long where everybody else sleeps, but at least, guess what? They're safe because you're maintaining the gate. Let's talk about the qualifications of a gatekeeper. What are the qualifications of a gatekeeper? You first got to be saved. 
You second have to believe that Jesus Christ will be your defender, your strong tower, your faith. That the gifts that he's given you, the word, the sword, the breastplate, then guess what? The nine gifts come. So you may be see and hear and discern. So you got to understand something about a sword and a shield. It helps fight. But you still have to have the gifts, wisdom, knowledge, discernment. You need all of these things. And then you need this thing right here. This seals it all. It's to be able to stand when you feel nothing, but you know by faith that God is still standing with you. It gets to a depth and a place in your storm that God is bringing you up into a deeper place and making you a greater gatekeeper or a greater watchman on the wall. So God will take you through a trying stage, but he had prepared you. That's why when God shifts the different things in your life, that's why different things require different levels of faith. Different things in your life cries or a different level of anointing. You may, God may tell you to fast and pray that the sword will be manifested. Then he may tell you, guess what? You may have to lay aside and meditate and nothing but read this scripture that's going to build something else up in you. That's why you have to be flexible in the spirit. Because if you think the enemy is going to come at you one way all the time, you are terribly mistaken. You got to understand something. Satan came what? Like lightning. He'll come like a lamb. He'll come like a wolf. But you need that discernment, that wisdom, that knowledge, that working of miracles, that discernment. Let's go on down. Verse 9, do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsaken me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsaken me, this says the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord. And lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries. False witnesses has risen against me. And such as it says breathed out violence. I will have lost hope, heart, unless I have believed. Listen to what he's saying. You're going to be tested. This is what he's saying. Because it comes a place in a time you're going to have to stand on what God has done and believe that he can take you further. Let's go to 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good cheer, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I said on the Lord. I am the gatekeeper. 
but I don't want to deal with it. I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen.